This is the Watch Post podcast, which you'll find at watchpost.org. Well, good morning and welcome back to the Watch Post podcast. My name is Mel Black. Today, we are going to continue on in Ephesians, going on to Ephesians 1-4, probably one of my most favorite verses. Um, It says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In talking about this verse, we're probably going to split this into a two-parter. Firstly, talking about even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Talking about the faithfulness of God um, to override even our own sin, our own corruption, the corruption in this world, and to save us to himself. Um, And then the second part, what God saves us to. Um, First, eternally, what he saves us to in Christ, but also what he saves us to in this life still, which is holiness. This verse reflects a lot of what I see in 2 Timothy 2.19. It says, But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. I think that's a lot of what we see in Ephesians 1.4, how there is this incredible promise of God. There is this incredible grace of God that he works in spite of all of our corruption to save us, to save us in Christ. And then he saves us from sin to holiness. I think a lot of what this generation needs to understand um, is the duality here. The duality that we see again in in 2 Timothy 2.19, where it is God's work. It is God's predestination of the sinner. And there's so much for us to understand. And it's, it's nothing of ourselves, right? That's what the Bible teaches us. It's nothing of yourself. It by By grace, you have been saved. And yet at the same time, this points us to how we to walk in holiness. It says the Lord knows those who are his. And at the same time, let those who name the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. It's one in the same. And that's what we see here in Ephesians 1.4. It is this incredible peace and resting um, in the election of God while also walking within holiness um, and forsaking sin. And so starting in the first half of this, the first impressions we should understand about this verse is just, wow, this is incredible. The mighty mercy of God, where God has come down. It says God with us. That's the name of Jesus, God with us. He has come down um, and saved us. This is so personal. This is so loving and merciful. And he has worked this in Christ And in that, predestined us, predestined us in Christ to be saved. This is incredible love. This is incredible mercy. And God is wise and and all-powerful, all-controlling. He has been working since before the foundations of the world. He He has been aware of everything that would happen. He has known us by name since before creation. And from that place, God has predestined us to be saved in his son. I mean, this is incredible love. This is incredible knowing of who we are um, and uniting us with Christ. 
We should also see in this is how God has created the physical, but that he has also created the spiritual. This is so much of what God reveals in his son. It is the spiritual wisdom of God. It is um, that God is possessor of all things, not just the physical world. If we look at Nehemiah 9, 6, it says, you are the Lord, you alone. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the sea and all that is in them, and you preserve all of them, and the host of heaven worship you. You are the Lord, the God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and gave him the name Abraham. You found his heart faithful before you and made with him the covenant to give his offspring the land of the Canaanites." And it goes on. What we have to understand here is that God worked these things within the physical world. He was faithful within all these things. And yet at the same time, this is where God has been working the spiritual all along. What we're meant to see in the work of God, the physical works of God, is ultimately meant to point us towards faith in the spiritual. It's meant to point us towards the hope that he has preserved us in. And this is what Christ reveals at his coming. He revealed the wisdom of God that has been hidden throughout all the ages. And now we are given this wisdom in Christ to spiritually dis discern uh, the heart, the mind, and the will of God. And God has been working this since the foundation of the world. He has been working within the physical realm, but also the spiritual realm. And this is what he reveals to us in Christ. And within this is where God has predestined us. This is a spiritual thing. This is something that has been worked in the heart of God um, being manifested in Christ. If we look at Colossians 1 and starting in verse 15, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. This is not just the physical, but also the spiritual. God has, has brought all things um, into subjection to Christ. And this means our spirits. This means our souls, our bodies. And in this is where God has worked predestination. He has predestined us um, within Christ. This is a, a spiritual reality. This is a spiritual thing to understand. My point here, in case you're slightly lost, is that God created the physical. When we think of creator God, we think of him creating the physical, but God creates the spiritual and he creates within that predestination. Um, and this is what we see working um, even in the, the ways that God has worked within Abraham, um, within Israel, where he, it, it was very physical in what he was doing. He was looking at the physical seed of Abraham those types of things, but God was always working within that actually what is spiritual. God reveals in Christ that he hasn't been idle. I think this is something that we, we kind of see within scripture, the mindset of man, where man is just waiting for the Messiah or going back to Abraham. Abraham's just waiting for the promise to be fulfilled, right? The promise, the promise is spiritual. 
He's waiting for these things to be revealed. And God brings Christ and suddenly man sees that God isn't absent. He isn't idle. And in fact, revealing that from the beginning before all of creation, God predestines all of those who would be saved in Christ. Um, This is the revelation that comes in Christ. And so what this means is that the spiritual transcends the physical and it always has. That before the physical things that were created, God had this in his heart. He was working this before creation. He had um, predestination within his heart. So even when we look at the scriptures and we look at a physical Israel, a physical Abraham, we are to see actually the, the course of what was spiritual throughout all of these things, um, the predestination, the salvation um, of God's heart. And in Christ, finally, this wisdom is actually revealed. These are the things that have been hidden since the foundations of the earth, the wisdom that has been hidden from the foundation of the earth, and Christ makes it known in his coming. So God has not been idle, but he has also not been overcome by sin. I think this is another idea that we have, but this even exists today. Today, we think the same thing. We think that God is absent. We think that God is idle. We think that God is somehow overcome by evil. And this is precisely what God reveals in Christ is not true. We are meant to see that God has actually worked all things within his will. Um, And where we might not see this in the physical world, this is still entirely true um, because what is spiritual transcends what is physical. And so we are meant to look back on Christ and upon the fulfillment of the promises uh, to Abraham and to Israel and realize that God is working his will now. We are meant to look back in order to look forward in faith. Because previous faith is meant to reveal to us the guarantee of faith. If we look at Abraham and see um, how by faith he was childless, and yet from him and Sarah came a whole nation. We can literally see the outcome of their faith. You can talk to a Jew today and see the physical outcome of their faith. And now this wasn't all of Abraham's faith. Abraham was looking um, to the to the work of Christ. He was looking um, to a kingdom not of this world. But at the same time, he believed God. And we see the, the outcome of his faith. And that's what we're meant to see is from Abraham, there was Israel. And then Israel was waiting for the, the Messiah they were waiting and waiting and then Jesus came the outcome of their faith was revealed and this is what we're meant to see looking forward um, to the judgment of God and Christ's return that while the world looks how it does right now God is actively working that promise and he has united us to that promise in Christ predestining us to himself this is what Hebrews 11 is, is telling us. This is what it's speaking to. Um, Hebrews eleven twelve. it says, Therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised. But having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth.
earth. This is speaking to the outcome of faith that we can see that that Abraham received the outcome of his faith, that Israel received the outcome of their faith, which was the Messiah. And we are meant to trust God because we can see that these other faiths were actually fulfilled. And so we look forward from that fulfillment to Christ, knowing and assured that God is true and that God really will judge all of mankind and Christ will return. Speaking specifically to this, let's look at Acts 17, verse 30 through 31. It says, The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. What God has done is meant to guarantee us that of what God will do. And this is what he's saying in Christ. God is saying that it is a guarantee that he will judge the world, that he will judge all that we do in this life. And he has made this clear by raising Christ from the dead and by sending the Messiah and by fulfilling Abraham's promise and giving Israel, which ultimately gave us Christ. We see that the Messiah has come. And so now we know that God's judgment is true, that heaven and holiness are what are essential for our lives and that Christ will return. But the problem here is that this isn't just a yay. This isn't just like, oh, well, that's great. Cool. I'm just going to sit down. No, that's the reality that we need to walk in with real fear of God in holiness, because that is the rest of what Ephesians 1-4 reveals to us. It says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. God is saying that because Christ is returning, because the judgment of God is true and real, we should live in in a godly fear, being adamant for good works and for holiness, and that this is what Christ saved us to, not necessarily from. And I think a lot of us have a mentality that we're saved from the holiness of God rather than to it. Um, and a lot of us believe that we won't be judged um, by the standard of God still in how we live our lives. And that's not true. This is what we are saved to, holiness. Um, and we're not saved from it. To emphasize this a little bit more, let's look at 1 Peter 1.17. It says, And if you call on him as Father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. We can also look at 2 Peter 3 verse 11. It says, Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? We often think that being saved is merely being saved from God's wrath, but we are saved to this holy congregation. We are saved to be of the family of Abraham, which is the family of righteousness, right? Isn't that what Jesus says to the Pharisees? They say, oh, we're the children of Abraham. Um, but he says, you don't do the works of Abraham. No, the family of God is 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 made up of the people who walk in holiness, who walk in righteousness. And this is the predestination of God. 
This is what we need to see, a, a far greater view of the workings of predestinations, that it's not just saving us from God's wrath, but it's it's pulling us into now the family of God, which is to be righteous people in this earth. This is the point that God has saved us um, from the wrath of God by saving us in the atonement of Christ and to holiness. And that's what we're going to talk a lot more about um, in tomorrow's podcast. This is about what we are saved to, the the salvation of Christ um, to give us an eternity with him, but also how we are meant to live our lives now in the present age um, where we are. So I hope to see you all tomorrow. Take care. For more content like this, visit watchpost.org.